A word of warning. This podcast may contain themes that some listeners might find distressing. Not always, but sometimes. However, this podcast will definitely contain strong language. Therefore, if neither of these things sound appealing, it's probably not the podcast for you then, is it? psychologist where today I'm going to be broaching the topic of dads needing dad friends. Now while I can appreciate that most of what I'm about to discuss can be viewed from a mother's perspective too and indeed while researching this topic I found a Guardian article that discusses a similar topic from a mother's perspective or even a birthing person's perspective to use gender neutral terms. At the same time I'm not too sure of how often this kind of thing is discussed in terms of fathers. Also This particular episode was inspired by recent events in my life, which was kind of an epiphany moment, and so I thought I would talk about it and see if it could be beneficial to any other dads. But, like I said, there is a high likelihood that everything discussed in this episode can be experienced by all parents. And perhaps, (laughs) for some listening, there might be a bit of a no-shit Sherlock response, uh, which would be fair. Also, you may have noted, I referred to gender-neutral parenting earlier. While this episode is focused mostly on the experiences of fathers, where relevant and necessary, I will endeavour to use gender-neutral terms too, for inclusivity's sake. Also, if you find any value in today's episode, please do rate it, share it, or leave a comment where you can. It all goes a long way to letting others know if this this podcast is worth listening to, or if it's a bag of shit. (laughs) Okay. So, I guess this particular episode begins a bit further back than the last few weeks, because while reflecting on this episode, I remember listening to an amazing audiobook version of My Child and Other Mistakes, written by comedian Ellie Taylor. My partner had read the book and recommended it to me because, in her words, she, Ellie Taylor, has the same view of parenting as you do, so you might appreciate it. And she wasn't wrong. My Child and Other Mistakes is what I would call a very, very realistic parenting guide. As well as being funny, it highlights a rather brutal reality of parenting that is perhaps left out of the usual narrative of having children and becoming a parent. Which, in a nutshell, is that parenting is usually this magical, wonderful time where you help small human beings that you created with your partner grow and develop. And it's all cute and sweet and fun. (laughs) which for some it is but for others like ellie taylor and myself it's not necessarily our reality i won't spoil the book but for anyone who like me has asked themselves at some point during parenting what the fuck is going on then my child and uh, other mistakes is an utterly validating book having said that while i connected with a lot of what ellie taylor wrote wrote about um there was obviously a lot that i could not connect with um One of the more obvious aspects is the fact that Ellie Taylor is a biological female and much of her parenting experience involves all the ups and downs that go hand in hand with being the person who grows and then gives birth to a child, which I, being a biological male, can't and therefore did not have that shared experience and therefore couldn't relate to it. All of that was fine. I could accept that. That was okay. The thing that really did hit me in the face, though, was when uh, Ellie 
talked about the support she received as a mother, especially when she talked about social media groups that she was a part of with other mothers, which is something that is actually recommended by antenatal classes as a way to maintain a support network in the early years of parenting. When my partner and I joined one such uh, antenatal group, uh, a social media group was set up for the mothers, by the mothers, um, and one was set up for the fathers, by the fathers. <laughs> It was called Dad's Dad's Dad's, which I must admit was a great fucking name. Um, the thing is, and this is what was reflected in Ellie Taylor's book, is that my partner is still connected to some of our original antenatal group through social media, while I, on occasion, will wave to one of the fathers from that group if I see him locally and perhaps, you know, maybe have a brief how's life chat in the local Tesco car park if we happen to be leaving and arriving at the same time, which has happened once or twice. In the early months and years, my partner was connected to the other mothers, seeking and giving advice, sharing stories, getting sharing milestone updates, being invited to birthday parties and all that jazz. While we, the fathers, maybe met up once or twice for a curry and a beer and pretty much kept making promises, promise, promises, 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 uh, to see more of each other, all of which has fizzled out. And I couldn't even tell you if anyone is still in that social media group because I've not received a message in it for years and I've also not bothered to have a look uh, to check. Um, and I guess I didn't really mind this at the time because I didn't see them as a support network. Now, I'm not particularly proud of this, but um, I saw these people, these other men, as random strangers that although I had a shared experience with, I did not necessarily want to be friends with at the same time because I likely would have not have chosen to be their friend or you know, made plans to go out with them socially uh, if we hadn't been having children within the, you know, the same six month window. Additionally, although I have loads of male friends, um, I have always found making friends with other men a bit awkward. Um, men like to talk about sport a lot and I do not like to talk about sport a lot which I know is a very grand generalization, um, but it's, you know, it's to make a point. And I guess it's something that I've experienced a fair bit in my life. And it's one of those things that kind of just makes me go, oh God, I can't bear having to try and sort of sit through those conversations and then have the awkward conversation of going, oh yeah, no, I actually don't watch football. Um, but it's not just the sports talk that has generally put me off making friends with other men. Um, I guess part of that is also rooted in the historical experiences of going to an all boys school and I guess the less than pleasant way in which boys can relate to each other when they were younger. However, fast forward another year or so and I am listening to Ellie Taylor's book and I am connecting with all her struggles and feeling fully validated by the conflicting feelings that can come with being a parent which can you know flick from full-on undiluted love and adoration to near blinding rage in what seems like an instance. Um, and I'm thinking, yes, finally, someone gets it. Someone is putting how I feel into words and fuck, does it feel good to be acknowledged? And then she goes on to talk about how she only managed to get through a lot of what she experienced through sharing her struggles with other mothers that were going through it too. And I felt this like gut punch. Um, I remember sitting in that same Tesco car park where I on occasion had passing commentary exchanges with one of the dads from my antenatal class and feeling like such a twat because I had had a similar opportunity to have a support base and I had essentially rejected the idea based on a silly notion of not wanting to have to make friends with other men I didn't know. And since then, I had pretty much felt like I was the only person struggling in the way that I was. 
which, okay, fine, that sounds slightly dramatic and is not necessarily 100% true because my partner and I have had many conversations about my struggles as a parent. Um, and we've often had conversations about how, how I have a view that some people are just more naturally inclined towards being parents, which is the camp I believe my partner falls into. And then there are others like me who I think struggle more and for whom parenting maybe doesn't quite come, doesn't come quite so naturally. And I know that this is a very broad and simplistic view of things, <laughs> but I have had a few conversations with other parents about this. And although not robust enough to stand up to any academic scrutiny, the theory seems to be shared by them too. But despite being able to talk to my partner about my struggles with parenting and the fact that my brother-in-law is also a father, I still felt quite isolated as a dad. Now for me, my circumstances are pretty unique in the fact that I live quite far away from my own family and that my friendship network is scattered not only across the country, but also across the world. So while I do have male friends who are fathers and a loving and supportive family, um, they are not very local to me. Um, but at the same time, I'm also not one to help myself because along with not wanting to make any friends with the antenatal dad groups, the, the, the antenatal dads, as mentioned earlier, I believe that I am of an age where I can't be asked to make friends. And as a parent who struggles with parenting, I feel like I don't really have a lot of energy to want to socialize with new people anyway. <laughs> so I haven't done myself any favors. However, despite my own, my own circumstances, research suggests that it's not uncommon for new fathers to feel isolated. The Movember Foundation, a charity aimed at improving awareness, research and funding for mental and physical health for men, commissioned a piece of research published in 2009 called Fatherhood and Social Connections. The research is based on a survey conducted on 4,000 men between the ages of 18 to 75 from the UK, the USA, Canada and Australia. So 1,000 men per country, 45% of whom were fathers, and the survey found the following data. 23% of men stated that they felt isolated when they first became a father, uh, leading them to conclude that becoming a father can be an isolating experience. Interestingly, and sadly, in my view, 20% of fathers reported that the number of close friends they had decreased in the first 12 months after becoming a father, which, if you think about the first statistic, may contribute to why, father, why fatherhood could be viewed as an isolating experience, which again, if you think about it, makes sense. If you are somebody that doesn't have kids and your mate now has a kid, there's a high probability that the new father might spend a lot of time talking about their kid. I know this is a generalization, but still. Um, and people who don't have kids don't really get or necessarily care for understandable reasons why people talk about their kids as much as they do. And maybe it's just me, but I tend to talk about my kids a lot. Both the good and the tough stuff. But that's because... <laughs> But that's because at this point in my life, they are pretty much occupying all of my time, which is another reason why friendships might fade. It would make complete sense that in terms of going out and socialising, that there might be less time for new fathers to go out and socialise with their friends, especially within the first few years of a child's life. Then, if somebody has um, a second child, that gets extended by another few years. And it's very possible that friends might then give up asking new dads to socialize because what's the point, right? So it would make sense that some fathers might feel that their friendship groups um, diminish over time. Something else to think about is that the Movember research found that men and fathers don't always recognize the importance of friendships. When asked to list three important aspects of their lives, less than a fifth, less than a fifth of men 
18% to be exact, listed having close friends as important. And coupled with this, it was noted that um, over half of men surveyed, so 51%, reported that even if they were satisfied with the quality of their friendships, they felt that they could not talk to their friends about their problems. Then, potentially linked to that, it was reported that fathers without close friends reported that their stress levels increased a lot. Which is pretty significant because in general, 70% of men reported that their stress level increased a lot within the first 12 months of becoming a father. The report also goes on to highlight that in general, 1 in 10 new fathers experience depression after the birth of their child and that fathers with perinatal mental health problems are 47 times more likely to be considered a risk of suicide than at any other point in their life. All of which is important to note because there is tons of literature out there to support the fact that a person's psychological well-being is determined by the quality of their social connections and that having mutually supportive friendships can serve as a protective factor against anxiety and depression. So, as you can see, my feelings of isolation, while specific to my own context and situation, is not uh, something uncommon amongst new fathers. And clearly, social connection is important. None of which I knew or thought about when I was rejecting the notion of getting to know dads from my antenatal class. Something that I first came to regret when listening to the Ellie Taylor book uh, and hearing her talk about how helpful social connection was in a book and the importance of which I became more abundantly clear on uh, more recently. And yes, just in case you were wondering, I was very much a psychologist at this time in my life and I still managed to have this blind spot. <laughs> so. The backstory to this epiphany happened a few weeks ago at a soft play birthday party. Oh yes, a soft play birthday party. One of those surreal arenas of organized chaos where you kind of get to relax because your kid is in an enclosed area with a padded climbing frame and slides where theoretically they should be able to knacker themselves up with their friends. But then there is also the slim chance, as is with me, that your kids might come crying to you because they have somehow managed to injure themselves or someone else with their over-enthusiastic playing. So, the birthday party was for an old nursery school friend, um, and I was there with my partner. A few other dads who I knew from nursery school days had come with their wives and partners too, and we got to chatting a bit, as we sometimes do, which I found awkward for the reasons already listed above. But these guys are nice, and I like being polite, so there we were. <laughs> when, all of a sudden, one of them turns to me and says, We were planning on going for a beer on Wednesday night. Do you fancy a pint? And, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit stumped for words. I had never been asked this in a soft play, on a Sunday, and it had been a very, very long time since I had been asked out for a cheeky beverage on a weekday. A fucking weekday. <laughs> at 8 o'clock on a weekday. Usually at 8 o'clock on a weekday, I'm recovering from bed and bath time and I'm on the sofa, and then I myself am off to bed at about half nine. <laughs> Anyway, so it took me a while to answer because um, I guess while my partner and I aren't massively sociable at this time of our lives, there are occasions when we will have some friends over uh, or family um, or my partner might go to a yoga class. So I just mentally checked out my calendar for the week and after a bit of an awkward pause, which could have been construed as me looking for a reason to say no, I agreed. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, because of all the reasons listed earlier in this episode, I was pretty apprehensive about this, mostly about the eight o'clock start time. Come Wednesday night, after my partner and I had done uh, the bedtime routine, I then complained to her that I now had to go out for a beer. 
socially with people that I didn't know that well. Anyway, I got over my I got over myself, hopped into my car, and went to go meet these men. And you know what? It was great. It really, really was. Firstly, it was one of the most it feels like it was one of the most validating experiences that I've had as a father in a long time. As you might have gathered, parenthood has been a bit of a struggle for me. And due to not really being around that many um, other fathers, I felt that I was the only one struggling in the way that I was. Now, I guess you might be wondering <laughs> if there haven't been any other parents around that I could have spoken to and who could have maybe validated my experience. Um, and you would not be wrong. However, they were mostly mothers um, or those who had uh, given birth to their children. Now, I can't say this for definite, but I think that there is a very different experience being the non-birthing parent, and in this case, a father. There is a whole host of research that focuses on the experiences that occur between a child and a mother, or a birthing parent, uh, a birthing parent like the focus on attachment and the importance of this. Um, while, at the same time, I am unaware um, of there being as much of a focus on non-birthing parents and what it's like for them. And I guess while the overall experience of parenting can be very similar for both a birthing and non-birthing parents, I guess there is potentially quite a subtle but powerful difference um, that have, in my experience, the capacity to shape how one feels as a parent. As a parent. And one of these experiences um, was shared uh, with this new dad crew of mine. Um, and this is the idea of what I call being the bad parent, in inverted commas. Now, there's possibly a lot of attachment stuff that could relate to this, but from a parental perspective and trying not to think too much about this with a psychological mind, what I mean by the bad parent is the one who is not able to offer support or comfort to a child when they are distressed, and that the child can only be soothed or comforted by the other parent who, for the sake of this experience, could be thought of as the good parent. Um, who, for, Sorry, who for the sake of this experience could be thought of as the good parent. Um, again, from an attachment perspective, it makes sense that children are more likely to be comforted by one particular parent, um, which in my case is my partner, a mother. And while I don't definitively know this for a fact, I would argue that it is the mother or the birthing parent that is more often than not in a position to comfort and soothe. Now, while I can appreciate that this might be a burden in some way, it can challenge the non-birthing parent's perception of themselves as a good or competent parent, um, or a parent that is loved by their child. Now, I know that cognitively, I can tell myself that I am loved by my children as much as they love my partner, but at the same time, it does take quite a hell of a toll to be constantly screamed at and told, and told to be go away, and that they only want mommy when they're upset, it can make you feel pretty crappy and it can kind of lead you to judge yourself as being shit, incompetent or useless. But lo and behold, I was not the only father to experience this amongst my new posse of dad pals. And it felt like, I'm not going to lie, such a relief. I was also relieved to find out that I was not the only one that shared the view or felt like I was not a natural parent. One dad described himself as having to work hard every day to be a good parent, which, you know, when I heard that, it kind of like hit me really hard. Um, but it wasn't just the similarities that were validating, but the differences too. Um, there were stories, which I won't share here um, because of a, they're of a more private nature. Um, but there were stories that highlighted that while I thought my life had been massively impacted by becoming a parent, the others' lives were impacted in other ways. And in some instances, in more challenging ways than I could have not imagined for myself and my family. 
Um, but I also learned that my child was not the only one potentially experiencing some form of bullying um, or falling out with their friends or getting into relationships. And I know it sounds really, really stupid to say it out loud, but it was just so fucking bizarre to find out how much I had in common with these men and that I was not, as it were, the only father going through some seriously confusing, challenging and tiring shit with trying to raise children. I was not alone in my struggles and that was, I'm not going to lie, such a weight off my shoulders. And I guess to conclude, this one experience, and I understand that it is only one experience <clears throat> so far, of going out with dads has taught me that dads definitely need dad friends. It's validating, it's cathartic, it makes you feel less alone. And if you are like me, you might find another dad <laughs> that is more grumpy than you are which actually I didn't think I could find another human being um, that was more grumpy than I was when it came to being a father. And I guess just to end, while I know this episode has been about dads needing dad friends, it is clear that social connections and good quality friends are super important for fathers, especially new ones. Therefore, at the same time, it makes sense for fathers to have friends who aren't parents, because actually, it is probably very helpful for parents and fathers to go out and do stuff and talk about stuff that doesn't relate to being a parent. So I guess, again, while this podcast episode is about dads needing dad friends, maybe this podcast is also for men who may have friends who are fathers, or who are soon to be fathers, or who may be fathers one day. Even if you don't have kids of your own, your friendship and connection will be really, really valuable and helpful to your new dad friend. Anyway, that's it from me for now. As I said at the start, if you found any value in this episode or know of anyone who may benefit from it, please share it with them. And as always, the invitation is there for you to come and find me on social media and say hello. You know where to find me by now. As always, I hope you have a great day or not. No pressure. Thank you.